Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for February 5th, 2023. It is the season of Epiphany. Let's join in our call to worship. Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day to humble oneself is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard." Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here am I.
O God, in this time of darkness, let us reflect your light. Let our light shine like the noonday, so that your name may be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. pray. God of guidance, quicken your Holy Spirit in our hearts and minds so we may follow what is right. Give us direction so we may know which course to take and which to refuse, which way to claim and which way to reject, which action to take and which to avoid. Enlighten our minds, purify our hearts, strengthen our wills, and lead us to live as faithful followers of Jesus all the days of our lives. Amen. Our scriptures today are Isaiah 58, 1-12, which we already read as our call to worship, and Matthew 5, 13-20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? 
It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Last week I preached about Jesus' upside-down kingdom, where the poor, meek, and abused are blessed. Beatitude living is living in opposition to the way the world views things, the world that values riches, brashness, and popularity above all else. But now Jesus looks at his disciples and through the scriptures looks at us and says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. We are called to be people of light. We are people who are called to find the light, to move toward it, to live in it. But we are also called to be people who carry the light, who are bright and bold, who shine the light in the darkness. And the light we are called to carry, the light we are called to shine, is the bright and bold light of Christ. It is a light that shines a message of justice for those who are oppressed. It is a light that shines a commitment to peace in the name of viol- in the face of violence. It is a light that shines hope in the midst of despair. It is a light that shines grace into those places where we were certain there could be no second chance. This is the light of Christ. Jesus likens his followers, his disciples, to a city on a hill or a lamp on a lampstand, less like a light that blinds and more like a light that beckons, not hidden but visible, a light that says, come here, this is the way home. He also connects light with good works. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. It's not just heat but light, not just talk but action. It is the same light that Isaiah said would break forth like the dawn. Instead of just talking about God's kingdom, but living as kingdom ambassadors, then we are light. When we bring justice and grace to those around us, then we are light. The good news is not good news just because you say it's good news. 
If the good news of God is the news of love, then you must shine with love. If the good news of God is the news of justice, then you must shine with justice. If the good news of God is the news of peace and reconciliation, then you must shine with right relationship. Then, in those moments of witness, witness to love, witness to justice, witness to peace, the entire circumstance brightens with hope, with possibility. Now, all of this is not easy. Being a light that shines from a hilltop makes you visible, and being visible can sometimes make you vulnerable. If you shine your Christ light of full acceptance and unconditional love and foolish forgiveness, you may not only bring the clarity of God's grace-filled intentions to those who are bathed in that light, you may become a target for those who want to extinguish that light, who want to shut it down because they would rather operate in the shadows. But at the end of the day, It is always worth it, because if you live in this light, in the light of Christ, whose first commandment was to love God with heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and whose second commandment was likened to the first, love your neighbor as yourself, if you live in that light, your life will become clearer and brighter moment by moment. And maybe then, when there is no longer any place to hide, either within or beyond yourself, then there will be no holding you back. Because once you come out of the shadows, you are committed. And once you are committed, you can find your courage. And once you find your courage, you might even change the world. You are the light of the world, says Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. Most translations translate it almost exactly that way. You are the light of the world. But Eugene Peterson's The Message paraphrase offers it this way. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. That's truly a paraphrase, not a translation, but I find it beautiful. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. A story is told by Robert Fulgham, a Unitarian minister, about a seminar he once attended in Greece. As Fulgham tells it, he often responded to a speaker's query, Are there any questions? With, Yes, what is the meaning of life? It became kind of a running joke. It was good for a laugh, and no one took it very seriously. But on the last day of this conference, the discussion leader walked over to the bright light of an open window and looked out. Then he asked if there were any questions. Fulgham laughingly asked him what was the meaning of life. Everyone in attendance laughed and stirred to leave. However, the leader held up his hand to ask for silence and then responded, I will answer your question. He took his wallet out of his pocket and removed a small round mirror about the size of a quarter. Then he explained, When I was a small child during World War II, we were very poor and we lived in a remote village. 
One day on the road, I found the broken pieces of a mirror. A German motorcycle had been wrecked in that place. I tried to find all the pieces and put them together, but it was not possible. So I kept the largest piece, this one, and by scratching it on a stone, I made it round. I began to play with it as a toy and became fascinated by the fact that I could reflect light into dark places where the sun could never shine. It became a game for me to get light into the most inaccessible places that I could find. I kept the little mirror, and as I grew up, I would take it out at idle moments and continue the challenge of the game. As I became a man, I grew to understand that this was not just a child's game, but a metaphor of what I could do with my life. I came to understand that I am not the light or the source of the light, but light, be it truth or understanding or knowledge, is there, and it will only shine in as many dark places if I reflect it. I am a fragment of a mirror whose whole design and shape I do not know. Nevertheless, with what I have, I can reflect light into the dark places of this world, into the dark places of human hearts, and change some things in some people. Perhaps others seeing it happen will do likewise. This is what I am about. This is the meaning of my life. Let us pray. O God, let our dawn rise as the noonday. Let our light shine. Let us shine as your kingdom people. In Jesus' name, amen. Seeds of 
receive the benediction. A little salt, a little light make all the difference in the world. So let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to God. For you are the light of the world. Amen.